Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth, shifting you into higher consciousness, a show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, interviews with inspiring guests, experts, and celebrities, intuitive readings, channeled messages, mental health awareness, and hot topics to expand your awareness. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. It's Kim and Eden. Hi, Eden. Hi, Kim. How are you doing? I'm awesome. And we're, we're excited for this episode. And I um, just want to thank all you listeners from all over the place, U.S., and, you know, we get people from Australia, Africa, all these people listening to our show and hopefully getting something out of it to help them or heal them or expand your consciousness. So thank you. Yeah. And we're going to right in because we have so much to talk about with this upcoming guest. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce her. And I am going to read the introduction that was on her book because I think her book looks absolutely amazing. And then she can expand on what I introduced about her. So we have Gretchen Bonaducci and I know who she is because I watched her on reality TV, um, all of her shows back in the day. Because we're and big, big reality TV fans. Yeah. And she yes. was like really one of the first ones. I know. Yeah. So Gretchen Bonaducci came onto the scene in the mid thousands, starring in King Bonaducci, a VH1 reality show with her former Partridge family star husband, Danny Bonaducci. And soon after the show ended, they divorced and surviving agent orange. The book focuses on the rest of the story, her 18 year marriage to Danny and all that that entailed addiction, infidelity, and the chaos of celebrity, as well as their divorce in her life as a single mother musician, reality star, and mother of two. Her story takes a fun and funny look at a life in and around the spotlight. And that that book we'll talk about in a little bit, but it's available on Amazon and I'm sure on, on other sites as well. But welcome, Gretchen, and tell us, tell us more about your life and what led you to being part of the reality TV world and how you met Danny. Okay, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. It's such an honor. I, you know, am just overwhelmed that anyone cares about anything that I'm doing. So Aww. thank you for that. Um, <laughs> how we got into the reality business, uh, it was around the time that the Osbournes came out and it was such a smash hit that mm -hmm. every single network was looking for another Osborne family. Mm -hmm. So then Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey, another hit. So we were like the third wave that came in. Mm -hmm. Um, it was me and Danny and also Adrian Curry and Chris Knight. We were oh, back yeah. to back on VH1 and the show ended up not being at all the pilot that we had shot. We shot it as a show called rock and roll dinner party. And that was the pilot that we shot. We had rock stars over. They all had to bring their favorite meal. They filmed that and they go, well, we really don't like that concept, but we love you too. So we want to go forward with the show but we don't want to do that show. Hmm. And then Danny just kind of went insane and they're like, just drop everything and just follow them. And so that's how it ended up being, you know, what it turned into. And it probably was the, the most real show that was on TV because 
I was not interested in doing a show that, you know, he would go, well, remember when you said that and I said that, and then, well, let's just recreate that. Like I was not interested in that kind of show. Mm-hmm. You know, I really wanted to show what it was like to live in Hollywood and to be married to someone with addiction issues and, uh, you know, alcohol issues and infidelity. And, you know, because everyone thinks that Hollywood is so amazing and it is in a lot of ways, but it comes with a lot of baggage, you know, like things like that. And um, so, you know, that's kind of how the show unfolded. They just sort of followed us and, and, and uh, I'm really proud of it. Um, it, it, people always go, Oh, do you think this being on TV ruined your marriage? Because I mean, if you look at it, almost all the reality shows about married people, they're all divorced now. But, you know, I said, in my case, that was my life either way, whether you were filming it or not. So it didn't really matter. I think we were going that direction. I'm just really glad we didn't do a third season. You just answered one of my questions. I was going to ask how many seasons. So it was, it was two seasons. Two, yeah. And then they wanted us to do a third. And we declined because we both said, if we do a third season, we're going to get a divorce for sure. Um, And so we gave them another idea, which we produced on. And that was called I Know My Kids the Next Child Star. So instead of doing our show, we gave them that show and thought that would solve the problem, but it didn't. Oh, yeah. Wow. It just, it seems like it just kind of like, made it all come out in front of you, you know, so you could look at it. Well, I will say this, that definitely we had more arguments than we might not have had because, you know, there was a camera crew there. So things I would have let slide, I felt like, huh, I have all these witnesses. I'm not going to let this go. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. we probably fought a lot more than we maybe would have. Yeah. Just highlighted those things more. Yeah. 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 You know, when you've got a camera crew there and you're not happy Mm -hmm. about something, you're much braver to, you know, contradict it than maybe let it slide like you might have done otherwise. Oh, with the cameras on. Yeah, I totally think so. I mean, I was definitely not going to let a lot of things go that I might have had, you know, there not been people there and I felt okay to challenge it. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, maybe it felt like empowering to have have the cameras rolling. Like make, it totally gave you, was. Yeah, it yeah. gave you the power to yeah. speak up. And I, I'll bet you in most cases that is the case, that a lot of times it does empower you and um, just makes you challenge things that you might not have. Okay. Mm. And it, it also sounds like from what you're saying, it was real. Like not so, oh, yeah. not not very scripted or produced. No, it, okay. no, not scripted at all. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would try to do, we filmed four days on, three days off. So I would try to do whatever I was doing on those four days because you know then I had something for them to film if I was having lunch with my friend or rehearsing with my band. But you know there was no scripting of it. It's just that when you're shooting a show, there's things that you want to shoot in people's lives. So I just tried to do it on days that we were shooting. Okay. And I, I I just feel I'm so fascinated by this. It feels like now, like with Housewives, it is more scripted and produced. And they set up those events. Oh, yeah. No, it's still scripted now. Yeah. Totally scripted. I do think there's a lot of, well, let's recreate that fight we had last week on camera. I mean, you can just tell when you watch it a lot of times, you know, you're like, that did not happen. That is not, you know, 
real. Yeah. And some of it is, of course, of course, but yeah, um, they, and I, and I think they set you up to help cause controversy, you yeah. know, like alcohol and telling this person that this person said this, you know what I mean? So, and uh, we didn't really have to have that because, you know, our marriage was in such a mess that there wasn't <laughs> anything they, they needed to do to prompt us. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, so interesting. Mm-hmm. So you were, um, your life outside of that, you divorced soon after the show ended? Uh, yeah, we got divorced in 2008, I think. Okay. I don't even know, honestly. Yeah. Something there. Uh, but yeah, it took us two years to get the divorce through. And um, yeah, I just took care of the kids. I mean, I was doing that anyway. He was working so much. I mean, that's the one thing I could never criticize Danny about. He is such a hard worker and he was always a really good provider. But then that left me to kind of do all the other things, you know, yeah. like taking care of the kids and handling all the business stuff. And and I didn't mind doing that. But um, yeah, so so, you know, once the show was over, that was kind of my life only, you know, was taking care of the kids and being a single mother and and as anyone knows, that is not easy, you know, getting kids to and from school and fighting over homework and getting them to this event or that event. And, and then in the meantime, still trying to push my producer credits. You know, I was still trying to get shows on after that. Just, uh, well, I guess my own too, but not a lot. Like I was trying to help other people mm -hmm. because once you have a show on TV, you have a lot of credit to make calls and people will see you, you know, which was really nice for me that I could try to help sell shows to people who I thought had good ideas. And how did that turn out? Did you sell shows? I had a lot of them optioned, but I don't think I ever got one to series. Um, I did win another show. So I had another show after Danny and I were married and that was called Gimme My Reality Show. And that was a show where they had like D-listers like myself buying to win a TV show. So it was me, <laughs> Kato Kalen, um, uh, oh, a bunch of people from um, that era, um, uh, people from American Idol, someone from Baywatch. I never thought in a million years that I had a chance to win at all because I didn't have a fan base like that. You know, I didn't have an American Idol fan base or a Baywatch. So I just proceeded to make, you know, an ass out of myself every day, just having fun. Uh -huh. It was just really, really fun. And then America voted and somehow I won. Wow. Which you should have seen my face. They like, must have really, seen, they liked you. You're, they, you're, I, I couldn't yeah. believe it. I never in a million years thought I could win that show. So, uh, but I did the last four episodes where people, the person that won got the four episodes and it was their show. So again, I just shot my life. You know, everybody had different ideas. Kato's show was 15 minutes more. And that was about people, you know, who got famous doing something and were extending it. Uh, oh, Susan Olson, who mm. I love, love, love is one of my close friends. She did a cat rescue show. So everyone just kind of did what they were interested in doing. And so being a single mother, I thought that would be really relatable, you know, to a lot of people. So that's kind of what I shot, you know, going on dates and I'd started my eighties band. So, you know, we would film that. And so I somehow won. It was amazing. Wow. That's, 
life-changing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, you know, and it validated me because there were people that just thought that I couldn't be in a show, you know, that I wasn't really good enough to be on a show and Danny was the show. And, and, uh, so it was really validating for me that I won. It was like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I would watch you on, on breaking Bonaduce, I looked at you like, wow, she's really strong. And she, she like, she holds it together and it was empowering because then it made me go, well, if she could do it, I could do it like in tough situations. So I feel like I came across as a good example for other people and, and, you know, help women to see they'll be okay. That's what I tried so hard to do because, you know, I mean, it's just so important to, if you have a public voice and, and the things that we were dealing with, there's so many people that deal with that you know, alcoholism and drug abuse and infidelity. And, you know, I certainly didn't want to embarrass my parents on TV, which I'm sure I did anyway. But, you know, I always tried to act like a lady, take the high road, you know, even though sometimes I didn't want to, you know, like I would be really mad. But I just, you know, tried to keep it together and come off as a good person. And sometimes it's weird because people will get on a show and they'll go, well, you know, they cut me to look bad. And mm-hmm. I kind of feel like, well, did, did you say that? Did you do that? Well, they didn't cut you to look bad. You you did do those <laughs> things. Yeah. So yeah. I tried really hard to just act like a lady, you know, get something good out of it. You know, I, I really tried to keep that marriage together. I mean, we were married 18 years. And uh, the reason that I left was Dr. Phil, interestingly enough. Oh, Uh, yeah. Tell us about that. (laughs) Yeah. I was watching his show and he said people or children would rather be from a bad situation than in one. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, because here's me thinking, I don't want to make my children a, a product of divorce. And then when he said that, I'm like, oh, my God, I am keeping my children in a bad situation And that's when it finally gave me the guts to go. You know, I just felt like I I didn't want to fail, you know, like Mm. I didn't want to fail in my marriage. I wanted my children to have two parents, even though I was basically doing everything anyway, you know, because he was so busy, Mm. you know, he was on the other half and we had the TV show and he had his radio shows and, um, yeah. So, so, but that's kind of the thing that made me realize that I was keeping them in a bad situation and that wasn't good for them. And, mm-hmm. you know, my mistake was probably stayed too long, but my heart and intentions were in the right place. Always. You know? Yeah. Sounds like yeah. that. And you ultimately made the healthiest choice. I did. Yeah. I never, ever regretted. And it was hard you know, because when I told him I was going to go, it's kind of a funny story, actually. <laughs> but when I told him, you know what, I'm I'm really done. I, I'm just finished. I'm not doing this anymore. I know in six months, I'm going to be in this exact situation again, and I'm just not going to do it anymore. And he was crying, going, please, please don't divorce me, like on his knees, begging me, mm. and then threatening, I'll kill myself and all these oh. things. And I said, you know what? I'm going to divorce you. I really hope you don't kill yourself, but I'm going either way. And so he left the house. And like an hour later, he ass dials me by accident. Mm-hmm. And for two hours, I hear him trashing me on the phone to some girl. And oh. So I sat there and listened for two hours. 
And then it just connected. And I just looked up and I said, thank you, God. That's all I needed to hear. And, you know, it was just so bizarre that at that point in time, when I'm worried, am I doing the right thing? You know what I mean? That just God works in mysterious ways. Yeah. Letting you, letting you off the hook. I mean, how, isn't that weird that at that exact, why? At that exact moment would his oh. phone ring me. And then I just sat and listened two hours of hearing him say mean things about me. Wow. That, so, re- relieving that, all the guilt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Totally. And I knew I was doing the right thing and I never, ever questioned it again. So, uh, so yeah, I, I was lucky and, you know, I feel fortunate. I have two amazing children and I only wish him the best. You know, I know his health is really bad right now. Um, and he's remarried to a nice girl and I'm, I'm happy. He's fine. Mm. That's good. And you too, you're happier now? Oh my God. Like I just, (laughs) it's been so fun to just, I mean, really and truthfully, we were both going nowhere. Me and Danny, he was coming out of rehab, was about to start going down. He was going down drug paths again. So I literally was sleeping on him, hiding the keys at night so he couldn't leave. You know, I would have been best case scenario, maybe a singing waitress if I was lucky, you know? So I think together he needed me and I needed him and we built an amazing life together. So, you know, I, I feel really fortunate for that. Hmm. It's like that reason, season or a lifetime. Like people are with you, you know, that saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think it's true. You know, we both really needed each other and if he hadn't married someone like me, who's super stubborn, you know, and I come from a really religious, very strict upbringing. And I think that's what he needed. So, you know, if he had married someone that was able to, that he could drag down, which he not in marriage, but, you know, he told me all the time he would start dating women and then bring them down. And, you know, he just wasn't able to outfight me on being tougher than he was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, with the, you know, I think it's a common thing with, with the other person saying, I'm going to kill myself. And I was in a relationship before I got married when I was younger with someone who was like, if you break up, I'll kill myself. And I believed him. So I was staying. I was like, yeah. how many people do that, was, you know? And I finally, I finally just had it and was like, I don't care. I'm done. Of course, I don't want you to, but I can't do this anymore. And he never did. Um, no, you know, no. Like, It's manipulative. It's what it is, is manipulative and forcing you hopefully into staying into a situation. And, you know, you just have to find it in yourself. And I hope if anyone's watching that they will listen to you and I and get out of a difficult situation. And, and, you know, and then there are going to be people that are going to do it, you know, that might do themselves in, but you can't take responsibility for that ever. You know, it's not your fault ever if somebody takes their own life. And, you know, if you're in a bad situation, you need, and especially if you have kids, you know, you need to get them out no matter what. Well right. said. Well said. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, talk about your book a little bit more. And I just loved this person's review because I feel like it describes you really well. And so somebody um, wrote, KJ wrote five stars. Liked this book, and I really liked Gretchen. As someone who has been on the roller coaster of love with an addict, it was not only an extremely relatable story, it was encouraging to me to see her come out on the other side with so little bitterness. As so hot, 
as so often happens when friends sit up all night sharing stories without a filter, she made me feel better and more encouraged about my own choices and feelings. Life with an addict and the aftermath is not easy and leaves you questioning everything. The book may have, la or the book actually added to its appeal for me. It felt like sitting up all hours with a close friend and talking, talking, talking. Gretchen is honest, but never mean and unapologetically genuine. So that's that's how you're already showing us and coming across. Um, uh, that is a lovely review. I usually don't read them because uh, I, I'm, I'm like always afraid, is it going to be mean? <laughs> so I, won't yeah, read very, I just felt like it described you really well. Um, uh, that's lovely. I, I like that a lot. And I, I hope that people feel that way about me. I mean, I really try to always be, you know, wonderful and nice to people because life's so short, you know, and I feel so fortunate to be in the position that I'm in. And like I said, that anyone cares about what I'm doing at all is, is kind of nice. So, you know, I, I try to want to set a good example. And, and I like that she finds me relatable and feels like sitting up with a friend. That's cool. So tell me more about what prompted you to write the book. Uh, really simply, I wanted to represent myself. I mean, I kind of understand Harry and Megan, why they wanted to do it, because it's kind of frustrating when people want to put their narrative on you. And mm. sometimes it's true and sometimes it isn't. So I felt like I really would like to represent myself. And that was my whole motivation. And I never thought I could write a book. I mean, I never thought I could do half the things I've done in life. It's just mm amazing you know and I put my mind to it I went to the LA Zoo sat by the orangutans and then wrote on my laptop had my glass of wine and I didn't try to put it in order because that was kind of stumping me so I just kept writing and if I couldn't like go on I'd pick a different story until I was able to put it in some kind of order so I ended up doing it myself instead of getting a ghostwriter because I'm kind of greedy and I didn't want to pay somebody to do it when I'm like, I can do this. <laughs> so that's that's how I ended up doing it. I just wanted to represent myself. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to, to get the, I don't know, I've written a lot of books, but it was increments, never just that and did it, you know? Yeah. No, I, I don't have the discipline. I don't have the time. You know, I just am very, very busy. So I, I, I did every day try to allot this amount of time to try to write as much as I could until I got stuck. And I write the way I speak. So um, uh, and and I tried to hire a ghost writer at first. And I said to the, her, I'm going to tell you a story. Then you send it back to me. And it didn't sound like me at all. And so mm -hmm. that's why I finally, you know, again, thought I can do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense authentic yeah and you're a musician yes correct okay and you perform often now Not often. or no no i wish okay. i really wish i had the time um i run four airbnbs in bisbee arizona oh. and i also own half of a restaurant so wow. I, I clean the rooms. I, I have some help. I do a lot of it. And also one of them is 10 bedrooms and 11 bathrooms. So I'm saying I have four Airbnbs, but you know, if you count all of that together, it's actually a lot more. So, 
It's so much work. It's so much. I never have worked this hard in my life. I probably should have done this in my 20s instead of my 50s. <laughs> it's hard. I'm waiting tables. I'm washing the dishes. When wow. So yeah, it's a lot of work. And every the, <clears throat> the restaurant, the Airbnbs, everything's in Arizona near where you live. Yep. I live in a tiny little town called Bisbee, Arizona. I'm about an hour and a half south of Tucson and uh, I'm two miles from the Mexican border. You can actually see the wall from my house. <laughs> Did that sound like Sarah Palin? I can see Alaska from, or no, she said I can see Russia from my house. <laughs> oh, I remember that. I do. Yeah, then it turned out, I don't think she really said that, but <laughs> I in fact can see Mexico from my house. Oh, Wow. And so you, with, with your music, do you sing? I do. I'm the singer. I wish that I could play an instrument, but I've never been able to master playing and singing at the same time. So, and I'm, you know, an okay singer. So I don't need that to suffer by trying to concentrate on playing the guitar too. Um, I just did a show this weekend with my old assistant who was on Breaking Bonaduce. She worked for me at the time. And she just came to visit me this weekend and she's been on The Voice Holland and Ireland's Got Talent. So we did a show this weekend and that was such a treat for me because I would love to sing more, but I'm just so busy. It's so hard to get it in. Is that, so, is, is that a passion for you? Oh yeah. I love yeah. to sing. I, yeah. I, I wish that, I wish I could be on The Voice. <laughs> oh, put it out there. You just put it out there. <laughs> well, maybe if they have a mediocre celebrity music singing contest, I could win that. But yeah, uh, I think uh, now nah, I'm not sure that I could get on there. I'd be too scared to go on that audition. That's got to be so nerve wracking. <laughs> well, you could make your own reality show. So you could. I could. You could. Yes compete on it <laughs> well you know what i think we just thought of an idea here we should yeah. have a mediocre d-lister singing competition we'll host <laughs> it here in bisbee arizona uh i'll let you guys drink on my show so you can <laughs> smash before you go on <laughs> okay all right we'll see it next year <laughs> i hope so, so. Uh, in the spotlight and living in Hollywood that you that you did in your past, um, what is something that is a standout moment that you look back upon like, wow, that's amazing that that happened? And then what's something that was kind of the opposite? Oh, my God. There's so many to pick from, honestly. Mm. I did Hollywood like everyone wants to. I want to be famous or an actress or whatever. That's the life that you hope that you're going to have. And I don't think most people achieve that, you know, so it would be so hard for me to pick just so many. I mean, I've been on Oprah, I've been on Dr. Phil, I've been to the Grammys, I've been to the, the Emmys, I've been on uh, 50 red carpets. So it would wow. just be so hard. Um, I think the highlight, if I, if you made me pick something, <laughs> I would say that I ended up becoming really close with Cherie Curry of the Runaways. And, you know, she's just an idol. So if I had to condense all of Hollywood and the 20 years I lived there, Cherie is the cherry, if you will, the cherry mm -hmm. bomb at the top. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, I but I mean, I've met so many. Ashton Kutcher, who was wonderful, by the mm -hmm. way. Um, oh, Emma Stone, she was on a TV show before she got famous. They VH1 was doing a show called In Search of the Partridge Family. 
and they went all over the country and cast or had auditions for Lori, for David, for Danny. And she won Lori. And mm -hmm. I said to her, I said, oh my God, do you have it? You better oh. sit back. You are about to be huge. And I said the same thing to Ashton Kutcher. Wow. That was the first season of that 70s show. So it is so true. Like people, some people have it and you know it. Like you, I've never said it to any other, but those two, but it's kind of weird how, when you meet people who are new in the business that you can just detect, they've got that thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you sound like you can be an agent. I know. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm adding that now. So you guys are helping me replan. Now we're going to do a new reality show. I'm going to be an agent because you know, I have so much time to do these things when I'm cleaning toilets at Greenway Manor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, you will have to make time because you have so many talents. I, you, I don't know how. I, <laughs> I'm sure if you ask any person in my high school, they would say the person least likely to do anything with their life probably would have been me. So I don't know how this happened. <laughs> oh, well, and you made time for us for this podcast. Yeah. So, well, again, I'm, I'm just so thrilled you guys want to hear anything out of my mouth. So thank you. <laughs> Uh, well, okay. So my, another question about, uh, Adrian Curry, are you two still close? Very. Okay. Yep. She lives in Montana and, um, we, uh, I haven't seen her in a while because she lives there and I live here and she is now like the number one top Avon lady in the world. Um, <laughs> and so happy. And she's got a lovely husband and a beautiful house. And she's really happy to be out of Hollywood too. Like we both escaped and, started way different lives and are so much happier. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're friends and could not say enough wonderful things about her. She is like, I feel like the girl that wrote that thing about me that you were reading me on the book, you would say the same thing about her. Totally. Uh, oh, that's nice to know. She was, was she the first winner of America's yeah. Next Top Model? Okay. Yep. She was the first yeah. winner and she never got paid. And from what I understand, and again, I'm saying this now, I think that they ended up cutting her out of all the reruns because she was trying to get, you know, what she was promised she was going to get. So, uh, oh, yeah, so she, some she never, inside, inside, uh, inside tea there. Yeah. Well, I think if you go on her Instagram or her Facebook, she talks about it. But yeah, she was the first winner and um, she is just so lovely and mm. totally, I think someone I just read today, she was saying someone offered her a lot of money to come back and do something. And I think she turned it down. Like, she just doesn't care. She's so happy where she is. Oh, good for her. Yeah, that's great. You know, giving up what people think they should do mm -hmm. or you should. And mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. Well, and I think there's some people who cannot let go. And I never wanted to be one of those aging Sunset Boulevard people, you know, in Hollywood trying to hang on to showbiz. So even though having said that, I do have another show in the works. So. Oh, my gosh. Are you allowed to tell us about that? Yeah, I totally can. It's been a super long haul, actually, because I started filming it three years ago when I moved to Bisbee and I documented selling my house there moving here, trying to get the Airbnb up and running. And then uh, COVID happens. So then that knocked the show off for two. I mean, nobody was doing anything. Everything was pretty much shut down. 
so then by the time we were trying to repitch it and the idea was my rock and roll girlfriends were coming here to help me run the place they could not repitch that idea because it had been seen so now we've got a whole new idea that just came out this week that they're pitching but i cannot tell you that idea i'm sorry okay <laughs> okay well we look forward but i can to tell you who's it. in it if you want to oh, know yes ah. yeah uh so uh the cast is bobby brown who you probably remember the cherry pie girl um, of course and um she's doing stand-up now uh sharice neal who is married to vince neal she is a house flipper, super, super funny and so beautiful. Gorgeous girl. Uh, oh, uh, Susanna Bach, uh, Sebastian Bach's wife, who is uh, a Hawaiian tropic ex-model, gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, and she's a mother of a blended family. So that's, you know, what, what she's currently doing. Conchita Laflang, her family, her dad was like the ambassador to Belgium and she's got gold records in Belgium and uh, amazing. She used to say Kid Rock. And then Athena Lee, who is Tommy Lee's sister. Actually, I think I think she goes by Beth, uh, but she's Tommy Lee's sister. And so mm -hmm. she's in the cast and she's now a nurse. She does uh, like um, something to do with uh, sanitation before a surgery. And she's just amazing and, and a lot of fun. So our new idea uh, just came out this week. So hopefully I'll be hearing in the next week or two if anyone wants to pick it up. And I don't even care. Like, you know, it helps my business to have a TV show on. But, you know, mm -hmm. it's not a big deal anymore to me. A couple of them are on that. There was a show called, like, Rockstar. Like, what was that show? Remember, like, long ago? And they I were think on it was it. called Ex-Wives Rock. And I know that yeah. because I got that show on TV for them. Oh. <laughs> remember that and uh yeah so i guess i have gotten a show on tv which i forgot about that one um, <laughs> uh yeah you know what life is so long and it's just so crazy like people are coming up to me constantly going remember that and i won't and then they'll remind me i'm like oh yeah i do remember that <laughs> that's so well i i have a good feeling about it so i think it'll become a show I think it would be amazing, but so much more for me to do that. That's the only thing I'm worried about is how I'm going to be able to pull that off because it won't shoot in Bisbee. And that means yeah. I've got to find enough people that can take care of my Airbnbs and my restaurant so that I can do it. So, but I couldn't turn, I mean, it would be so great for my business. You know, I mean, it's like a free commercial for your business. Well, I look at it like it, if it's something that does work itself out and it happens, it's, it's meant to happen and you'll, you'll find a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I will find a way. I always do somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how we're going to wrap it up. And um, first of all, thank you. Thank you for this yep. conversation and, and for being so um, open and, and you shared so much with us. And we love when people do that. <laughs> um, well, it's my pleasure. And as I said, I'm just honored that you guys even thought of me to have on the show. Oh. And I thank you for that. And I think what you guys are doing is awesome. You know, your, your platform and, and trying to, I mean, all over the world, I was listening in the beginning, India, Australia, that's exciting. Yeah, we we are here to help people in every way we can, uh, mentally, especially with mental health and 
changing the stigma around mental health. So we love to have those types of conversations. So how can people find you? Uh, they can find me. I have Facebook. I have Instagram. Um, if you Google Greenway Manor in Bisbee, that's one of my uh, uh, Airbnbs. Then I've got a house at the Bisbee Airport that you can fly your plane in and pull it into the house. It has a hangar. It's so cool. And um, that's the Hacienda del Avion. Wow. And then my restaurant is La Cornucopia Cafe. And we were rated number one for lunch and have been for years. And TripAdvisor just named us in the top 10 lunch restaurants in the world. So I'm very proud of that. Yeah. Oh, so good. We have homemade quiche, homemade pies, homemade cookies and sandwiches. And it's very good. Kim, we need, I know we need to go there. We need a girl, another girl's trip. Yes. Let's I would love for it. you guys to come and do a podcast from here. We'll do it live from here. It'll be so much fun. There's oh so gosh. many quirky, weird bands here and weird art. And it'll be like a fun thing to do. If you guys decide you want to come down, just let me know anytime. Okay. Thank you. And it's like, it's famous for mining, right? People go there to, to see the history. Yeah, it was, uh, it's the craziest story. This town was um, around the turn of the century there were 20 to 30,000 miners in Bisbee. And there was a stock exchange in New York, San Francisco, and Bisbee, if you can believe that. <laughs> that was the third stock exchange at the, third, at, at the turn of the century because there were so many miners and people coming from all over the world. It's called the Copper Queen. And it was copper that they were mining. But now I think they have more gold and silver and turquoise coming out of the mine now. Uh, and it's it's closed, but they do do some reclamation and, and I'm not sure uh, how much mining they still do, but you can go on the mine tour and there's ghosts. My, my boyfriend just saw a ghost in the Beatles room. All my rooms are at Greenway have uh, rock themes. So I have a Beatles room, a Johnny Cash room, an Elvis room, which, Oh, wasn't that so sad about yeah. Lisa? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he was in there hanging a picture the other day and he said, oh my God, I saw the lady in white. And I, I was so fascinated because I haven't seen anything. Like ghosts don't like me apparently because they don't show themselves. <laughs> and he, I go, just tell me again. Like, was it white? Like, could you see through it? <laughs> it was so interesting. Well, that's, you're speaking our language because we, yeah. Kim and I we'll be- are very intuitive. I'm a medium. So I, I see, I don't call them ghosts. They're spirits to me, but they're everywhere. Oh, you have to come to our next seance dinner. We Uh-oh. do seance dinners and uh, <laughs> I have my chef uh, cater it. And then I have these three psychics that come in, uh, uh, mediums. I'm not exactly sure. One's called the Hip Historian and he's super cool and really funny. And then Francine Powers and Debbie Banning. And so we, every they, it's so popular. I keep doing them because people just love it. Mm-hmm. Like they just want to hear from their people and they all people cry and they're so moved and, and it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah now you gotta go, huh? <laughs> you gotta come now. Now I, you guys have to come now, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Gretchen, thank you so much for being here. You are lovely. And now I feel like I can say, Oh, I'm friends with her. So thank yes, you. Yes. Yes. We are friends and you will soon be friends who stay with me when you come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, 
take care and um and yes i'm glad you mentioned um lisa marie presley we we send out you know light and love for her transition into all of her family and her kids and um i got to uh, you probably might have even known her but i got to see her in concert before and she was amazing and bless her heart i mean i i agree that she died of a broken heart because of her son i don't think Mm -hmm. she ever got over that i mean i personally do not know her but i know a lot of people that do Mm -hmm. and um it seemed like after he committed suicide yeah, I can't even fathom that as a parent. I don't know how you get through that. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Well, thank you again for having me. And it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. You guys will come. We'll get in our jammies. We'll have some wine. We'll call some psychics. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Take- we will. Yeah. Bye. Okay, guys. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you too. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. Find out more at talkpurposeandtruth.com. And follow us at Talk Purpose Truth on Instagram and Facebook.